guys, I hope this records. <laughs> do you remember how to do this? <laughs> I, I pressed some buttons. We're going to hope that it sticks. Um, four months away, how do you know if you're recording or not? I just took the cover off the road caster, fired it up, and lights came on, and I said, well, looks like she's running. You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello there, Star Wars fans. Flying Casual, that's the name of the podcast, right? Is back. Cue the air horn. I'm not even going to attempt to find that button. Thank you, Holly, for that. Uh, Guys, we're back. I mean, I'm not sure I actually know how to podcast. Podcast. We may not be recording right now, but we're we're nine minutes in. We may not have recorded anything. I have no idea. Um, it's just a moment. It's, at any moment, uh, the baby could have a meltdown. It could be like the tree falling on the house. Remember that epic casual council episode, Holly? Or I the book? Not to. It was a book review. It was a book um, club. Book club. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah. Review. Good job. We don't even know anymore because we're parents. This is insane. I don't know. It feels weird that you know we're not with our baby right now. <laughs> I have kind two yeah. free hands. Yeah. I don't know what to do with them phrasing. Wow, that's a, a big phrasing. Uh, Luke, what does one do with their hands when not with child? <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this prompt. <laughs> I don't have anything uh, that's going to pass the rating on the podcast. Oh, it's okay. This Shoot. is all explicit. We're, we're way past any PG-13 Flying casual after dark. Especially after that casual takeover that we just posted yesterday. So who knows? Who knows? It's guys. It feels so good to be back. Uh, we were on a it, what a four month hiatus. Holly is pretty awesome. Yeah, Consider it a sabbatical. Yeah. What podcast can just go away for four months and come back and you know still have people that are interested in listening? Uh, we're gonna hope that's us. Uh, we're still not sure yet because this hasn't been posted. But guys, we really do appreciate you sticking around. I mean, life happens, babies happen, and I, I'm sure you parents out there know it's really hard to find some time to just do something you enjoy, especially with a you know a newborn. And now we're dealing with a four and a half month old, and uh, she just loves her mom, uh, loves her dad a little less, but just wants all the time in the world with us. And and we give that to her, and we we did that, you know. Uh, Without any interruption for four and a half months, but right now she's with grandma. So and it's time to be interrupted. It's time to be interrupted at any moment. We're taking this moment to podcast because, guys, it's the week of celebration. And hold your applause. I don't want to hear it. Because we're not going. Boo. Cue the booze. I'm really sad about it. And I'm, I have it, you know, scheduled for us to talk about, you know, our celebration anticipation on this podcast, but we might scrap it and say, you know what? Hope y'all have a fun time. Don't ever call us again. Don't ever call. I don't want to hear it. No, I do want to hear about it. I'm going to have just major FOMO because when you've been to one celebration, you want to be at all of them and you just are going to feel like you're missing out. And that's what this week is going to be about. I'm going to be working with it live streaming. Luke, how about you going to be live streaming that, that thing all week? Oh, yeah, I got to check that out. Absolutely. I am feeling a little guilty right now, though. Oh, shit. I have a guilty conscience. I, you know, it's just the 20th anniversary yeah. of Attack of the Clones. It really is. One yeah. of my favorites. And, yep. you know, I didn't watch it on the anniversary. I haven't watched it in maybe about a year. I, I need to make sure I probably watch that, I think, before all this, you know, Convention coverage starts yeah. and, and uh, Kenobi's on. Uh, I think I need to squeeze that in. 
Absolutely. Phrasing. That's what she said. When, but, when yeah, Luke, Luke said, you were talking about celebration. Luke's like, all right, guys, I have a guilty conscience. I was like, he is going to celebration without <laughs> He's like, us. Guys, I forgot to tell you I had VIP passes and suckers. <laughs> I'm in Anaheim right now. I, I would never forgive him. That might be actually unforgivable. Right? He's like, guys, have fun with the baby. I'm out living the dream. But Luke finds a way to do really cool things with his kids, and I'm going to have him teach us those ways uh, like a Jedi and an apprentice because uh, they have found a way to make it happen, and we would like to live in, in their footsteps. So, But uh, it is the 20th anniversary of, of Attack of the Clones. Luke, I'm really glad you, you said that and cleared that up for our listeners because there are some you know some negative reviews out there for the podcast saying these guys hate episode two, and I don't know where they got that from. Because I, I, Lucas Elder here on the podcast alone is probably the biggest episode two fan I've ever seen in my life. Too much episode two hate. I mean, there's one point where I, I think Luke was ready to put together his own special edition of episode two and have a bunch of extras. He was going to, you know, do a nice little like a, a, a reconditioning of it, work on the lighting and stuff. He's a big fan, a big fan of Django, a big fan of Dex. I mean, Dex. there's great moments that we're going to relive at Star Wars. Um, and then we're going to forget about them. Do we have to rewatch episode two? Yeah. Is that what is that what I'm hearing now? Yeah, Holly, it's the 20th anniversary of uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones. It was a Star War back in 2002. Um, that uh, it tends to be on the bottom of everyone's Star Wars ratings. Everyone's whether that's <laughs> well, yeah, just not that one guy who left that review. Um, Never forget. But that's okay. It, it, it has its moments. You know, probably the best score in all of Star Wars. Sure, for sure. Um, Wait, Luke, what's your yeah. favorite thing about episode two? Just show it some love. Sand. Yeah. I mean, it gets me every time The yeah. when all the Jedi show up yeah. and the, at Geonosis and the battle ensues. Like, I, I, I'm not an original trilogy generation person, but I think even the people who will attack that movie who are, you know, OG, OT, yeah. even – they they will long to see an army of Jedi just show up yeah. somewhere and all ignite the sabers together, and that that's just an epic moment. You can, you know, you know, have your uh, quibbles with the line of Mace being a little corny. Yep, yep. But it gets me every time. You know, this party's over. I think that's when Luke broke down. He's like, "What? What party?" And then everyone shows up. Yeah, no, awesome. no, Holly's, Holly's got a great point too. Yeah. Across the Stars might be the oh, best so Star Wars song, and that makes its debut in Attack of the Clones. So it's it's the best. It makes it makes that that uh, romantic wedding scene just hit, you know, especially with the fake hand that Anakin has at that point. Um, but, I saw yeah, yeah, I saw a cool picture the other day of mm-hmm. um, somebody. You know how people like go to different areas yeah. and where films are filmed. Yes, and they'll like take a picture from that scene and they'll yeah. kind of like put it in their real picture in that mm-hmm. spot. And people were actually there yeah. on the balcony where that was seen, where that scene was filmed. It's like you can go there. Yeah, I don't awesome. know. I I always just assume everything's a lot of cgi and i'm always very surprised when yeah. they're filmed in like real locations absolutely that yeah. you can go to and do photo ops so i thought that was a cool picture absolutely yeah i mean gungans in the background there on naboo it was <laughs> I mean, you can go and capture that yourself yeah sure. gungans swimming in the lake exactly right there. Yeah. how romantic cool i agree is that your favorite part of the episode two 
Now yeah. we're going to get that out of the way. I right? mean, I guess, I mean, yeah, I guess so. I yeah. guess that is because I guess that's the iconic shot, isn't it? it? I mean, it is. It's, I mean, that build there when they're, you know, they're going for the kiss and you're like, wait a second, R2 and C3PO are there? What the hell? Wait, is C3PO there? He's there, right? Yeah. I think they're both there. Yeah. They're the only ones. They're the only, only witnesses. The way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody had to witness that and C3PO's mind gets wiped. So really it's only R2 that knows it went down. Well, I see, don't forget Master Yoda whipping out a laser sword for the first time uh, and, and finding out that this little guy has some, you know, moves. moves. Yeah. yeah, some dips and some twirls and can handle a laser sword pretty well. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, it has, it has great moments. It has some silly moments. I mean, the stuff with uh, with Obi-Wan on uh, Kamino and Jango Fett was awesome. Um, it had some really good moments. So, and now we have a lot more backstory to all that was going on after the Clone Wars. So, and I love all the connection and, and uh, flashbacks to that that we got in Boba Fett with the, his backstory. So awesome! Yeah, that was that. That was some of the best stuff. I just lo- I just brought you all these feels. It made us, especially when we were even watching uh, the Bad Batch. I just got a little sentimental where oh, I was like, yeah. "Wait a second, what? This is the end of the prequel era. We're never going back." Um, now we might actually there'll be one show we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit right. um so guys you know what don't at me i don't know if anyone's actually ever added me on any social media platform but just don't you know don't rub it in my face that you're at celebration or anything like that uh we had good reason that we couldn't go uh so uh there's always next year or two years from now we're not gonna miss another one well i hope they do it every year I, okay so i thought yeah. that the i thought the thing was they were gonna do it in anaheim and it was gonna be yearly but I guess mm. anything is possible. Anything is possible. Or not possible. Yeah. It just depends where you lie on the spectrum. Everything can just change so fast. That's right. Um, so we'll talk about celebration here in a little bit. Because, I don't know, it could be a dud. I have no idea. I'm just saying that. Because <laughs> I'm bitter. And we talked a little bit before starting to record our bitterness scale. Uh, we are going to start scoring uh, fans' reactions to Star Wars content on the uh, what is it? The international international bitterness unit. Okay, and we're going yeah. up to a thousand on that, or a hundred on that scale, right? <laughs> we can Wait. do a thousand. Let's well, be honest. Some of those Star Wars yeah. fans lie on the thousand range. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to apply that international bitterness unit to Star Wars fans and their reactions to Star Wars content before and after. It's going to be great. Um, we'll be doing that'll just be an ongoing thing now. So, you know, after Obi-Wan Kenobi, we're going to see how people react, and it's going to be similar to all the other stuff. But that's going to be a whole lot of fun. IBUs, for I, short. IBUs. For you beer aficionados. I like it. That is not I, but that is definitely Holly and Luke. But, guys, uh, it's been so long since we've talked about a Star War. We hadn't even talked about the Book of Boba Fett, and I'm going to save us all the pain of going through that uh, because there were some cool moments. We'll talk about it probably at another point, but there's too much else to talk about in Obi-Wan Kenobi. So at some point, we'll probably chat about Boba Fett, Boba Fett and we'll say, hey, it was cool we got all the Starlock. You know, it was kind of cool that we saw Cad Bane. Yeah, that was probably it. Cad Bane was kind of cool, though. Oh, Cad Bane was awesome. There's some really epic moments in there. But everything else, did we really care about the Pikes? I I couldn't even tell you what that that city we were on on Tatooine. Kind of forgettable. Everything was going on. I don't know. Kind of lost interest in it. But we'll talk about it at some point. Just not tonight. Too much book of Boba hate. Too much. Add the review now. Too much book of Boba Fett hate uh, from yours truly. But there's too much hype for Obi Wan Kenobi. This is Celebration Week. Obi Wan Kenobi is coming out on the 27th. That is just a few days from now. And we're super hyped. We have a trailer. We have a teaser trailer. It's epic. We're going to talk about it. Luke, I'm pretty sure when you first watched 
Let's go back to the teaser trailer. I think you first hit us up. A few fire emojis and a couple of hot dog emojis. I was a little confused by that. And <laughs> then I, I, I don't know. What exactly. Yeah, I, I respond and I said, he has risen. Uh, and, and we had a good laugh about that, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Holly's going to go check on the baby, so she's going to come back here in a little bit. This is just life down the podcast. You never know what's going to happen. We don't edit podcasts. So, But, Luke, after those emojis, I, would, I know I had chills. Uh, that teaser was something else, man. What, what was your reaction to that? I mean, it was great to just see some of the first moving images because this this series has been rumored for so long, and then we were told we were getting it, but that feels like so long ago. And the hype building for so long, just so to to see those first images, moving images uh, of those teasers, you know, it, it was great to see. I think we got some of the inquisitor action, which was great to see. I think yeah. that even revealed the grand inquisitor. Yeah. So it's great to see for the, for the cannon junkies out there to see them continue to delve and pull from what has come before and continue to utilize it in ways that make sense, not necessarily in a heavy handed clumsy way, but where it makes sense and it makes perfect sense that inquisitors are going to be a problem for a Jedi in hiding. Yeah. So to, to see all those elements, and I love how they continuously nod to and, and hint at Vader's presence, but they're holding it back until we really see the show, which I think is the right touch. Absolutely. It's, you're absolutely right. Any, any casual fan will be able to go into Obi-Wan Kenobi and know, okay, these guys have red laser swords. They're Force-sensitive. They're dark side. You know, you don't need to know about the Inquisitorious program or any of that. You just know there's some bad boys out there, and there's more than just Vader at this point, and they're hunting Obi-Wan. And you're right, Luke. I just – I was blown away. You didn't see any Vader at all, I don't even think. But you, they did kind of use his music and, and his breath at some point. But just the, the – this was the first time – I think in the teaser they used this theme – uh, I think at one point, um, it's the Emperor even talking in the beginning. He says the key to hunting Jedi is patience. It sounds like the, it could be it could be the Grand Inquisitor. He starts yeah, out with my impression that, was it the Grand Inquisitor on that. Just I all that, like, okay, yeah, because yeah. it, it, the the beginning part sounds a little different. So it could it it could just be spliced up from different moments in the series. But and then they go on to say Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. The Jedi code is like an itch. He cannot help it. And I was like, oh, my God. This, this, is, this isn't just them hunting for Obi-Wan. They're going to be torturing people, people. They are going to make them respond and come out, and they know that they will. They know Obi-Wan's going to have to help these folks at some point. I just... I thought that was such an awesome theme to to open up this series. So like, okay, this is going to be a lot darker than we even expected. I think we even saw people hanging from you know the streets of, of Tatooine. It was I was blown away, Luke. That felt pretty heavy to open it. Yeah, I love you know when you watch the behind the scenes of, of all the stuff that has been out on Disney Plus. One of the best parts of it, I think, for a lot of the deep sweaty fans, is listening to um, Dave Filoni's thoughts. His um, you know, sort of laying out and talking about the philosophy of Star Wars and what ties it all together and, and the themes that run through the whole thing. And I think this is going to be heavy on that, and, and I think they're headed in the right direction in terms of tapping into that, like you mentioned. And it reminds me of 
um, you know, to, to continue to continue it or to connect it to different things in the higher Republic. I'll try not to give too much away spoiler wise, but you know, there's a Jedi at one point in the higher Republic who gets captured by the main adversary, the Nile. And, and one of the things they do to kind of, yeah, like you said, torture him yeah. is they surround him with other people that they're causing harm and pain to. And they know that that suffering going on around him is going to affect him. Yeah. And, but he can't do anything to help those people, which will make it even worse because yeah, like the grand inquisitor gets at that. They're, you know, their compassion, they're compelled to ease suffering is part of their code, part of their philosophy. So I think, um, it's brilliant. And I think it shows that the writers and Deborah Chow as director, know star Wars well enough. And are, we're in good hands with the series that they're tapping in to that philosophy of the, excuse me, that philosophy of the Jedi and making it a part of of the show and how the inquisitors draw them out. A hundred percent. And it's just, I just like, how is Obi-Wan? I mean, this is going to, how terrible is this going to be for him? I, it sounds like he has some allies. We hear him in the trailers talking to somebody telling them to like, uh, what is he stay hidden? Right. I don't, I don't, I doubt he's talking to Luke in that moment, but stay hidden. Like they're looking for us. It's, it's allies of the rebellion or, or somebody. I, I don't. Could it be a force? Could it be a force? Another force sensitive Luke? Do we think we could have a a Cal Kestis type individual out there, kind of shielding themselves from from? Yeah, I, th- I the think there's got to be another light side user. Um, and the way they showed Camille Nanjani in the, I think the full trailer, we would jump to to see him. Yeah, he did look Jedi esque in his garb. So yeah. Um, and he looked like a guy sort of on the run he did. <laughs> in a tough spot. So maybe that's the misdirection they're playing with us, but it it feels like he could be another Jedi on the run from the Inquisitors. I think you're exactly right. It could He could just be a good guy on the run. It could be some misdirection, though, like you said, that, you know, let's show him cowering, kind of hiding in these moments, kind of like Obi-Wan. But I, I like you said, I think there's more to him. I think especially with with Obi-Wan being hunted by at least three Inquisitors that we know of just from the trailer, you definitely feel like he... And throw Vader into there. We know there's going to be a confrontation at some point. There's got to be somebody else. I mean, we know that there are some folks out there that have held their own against Inquisitors from reading the comics and, and, and watching Rebels and stuff. But, I mean, well, that would be cool. I'll tell you, I've been... I think eating up as many Ewan McGregor interviews as I can find. Let's go. And I'll tell you, if you, even if you're not a star Wars fan, he may be one of the most delightful humans <laughs> on the planet. So charming. I could watch him talk about anything and, and large chunks of these interviews when he's on, you know, the late night talk shows, um, a little bit of it is about star Wars, but you know, he'll talk about anything and gosh, just, they're endlessly entertaining, and then you get the little Star Wars snippets. And I don't know, Michael, if you've uh, been obsessed with them in the way that I have, if you've caught any. But there was one, uh, maybe on Kimmel, where he s- said that um, there's a cry for help from somebody else. Jeez. So he kind of revealed that he's there on Tatooine, you know, looking over Luke. Um, and there's a point at which he has to make a choice about whether or not to help somebody else. And we get to see him make that choice. And I'm assuming, you know, given the character that the choice is he's going to go and help this other person. And that is presumably what um, 
maybe gets us off Tatooine in the story and we kind of see it some other part of the galaxy. Dude, that's it's exactly what set off uh, Jedi Fallen Order for Cal Kestis. His buddy in the in the scrapyard falling off of one of the the ships they were scrapping, and he's it's such an intense. I, I get chills thinking about it. the first time I played it. His buddy just falls right off, and Cal reaches down. It's like, are you going to help him or not? And of course, he does. It's so similar to what Obi Wan's going to go through. So you're right. There's going to be a moment where Obi Wan's got to say, "Well, shit, cat's out of the bag. Time to leave Tatooine." Like, and we know that he does. We see. Well, yeah, we definitely see him in in what appears to be. Um, shooting a blaster and some cityscape. I mean, I I have no idea where we are, but it looks pretty dope. It actually looks a lot like the uh, the early two thousands um, uh, early production that they were doing for kind of an underworld Star Wars show. It looks just like that. I was like, holy cow! Like this is really reminiscent of that. So we might get some cool kind of you know action and on a coruscant like city that we never have really gotten outside of like rebels we get a little bit of it in rebels which is cool but we didn't get too much of that in the prequels but i'm here for it and and you're exactly right this something's gonna he obi-wan's gonna say where am i what else am i gonna hide uh at some point we know he'll he'll come back but how's he gonna get you know how's he gonna get him off their trail off his trail I, he's gonna have to have some help uh it, it could be our friend uh remind me of his name kumail kumail nanjiani nanjiani mm-hmm uh so i could be kind of a sleeper character there um and he's fantastic in everything he's in he's really funny too he's gonna bring some nice comedy to star wars uh when it needs it uh we know we'll see some hello there some nods to the prequels and obi-wan it's gonna be awesome but it's also gonna be really interesting to see how you and mcgregor blends him and alec guinness here it's gonna be a little more you know, not as a confident Obi-Wan, I think, you know, we're used to seeing Obi-Wan sitting high in the chair on the council, legs crossed, stroking his beard, you know, hair kind of, this is a different Obi-Wan. And I think you even get a little bit of that from the trailers, obviously his appearance and, and what he's doing. But at the end of one of the trailers, they just said, hope survives, survives. That's all he's trying to do, folks. This isn't going to end on a high note, you know, like this is, this isn't Obi-Wan's, you know, the, the top, you know, highest moments of his life. Right. Like He's surviving, right, Luke? This is the darkest era. And so, yeah, the story is just simply about keeping hope alive because we know there's not going to be some – there can't really be some huge triumphant moment on the grander galactic scale. I'm sure we're going to get yeah. some triumphant moments on a smaller scale of, of human um, it's, you know, stories at individual level. Yeah, but you know we know there's not going to be some great defeat <laughs> for the empire at this point. Yep. This is their apex of their their strength and their reign. So, yeah, but it, the whole story, the the moral of the story, I think, is like you said, going to be keeping hope alive in an era like this for what can come later, which what we know comes later. Absolutely, and I, I think it's great that you mentioned Alec Guinness because in so many of these interviews I've watched too, that's constantly on Ewan's mind. He always talks about he's always having to capture what Alec Guinness laid down in the original trilogy. And it's a little funny to me because at this point there's more, when you think about it, there's more total screen time in the saga of the Obi-Wan Kenobi character played by Ewan. He's in the movie so much more. I mean, he was basically his role in Phantom Menace is kind of light, but in terms of screen time, but he's in most of two and three. Yeah. And, um, Obviously, Alec Guinness laid down the foundation of the character, and, and I think it's right that he pays honor to that and knows he has to 
play off of that and that sets the the blueprint for everything that he does in a way but um it struck me watching these different interviews how often he brings it up and how it's a very big part of his focus that would see he has to be continuing everything that that alec established for the character a hundred percent i mean it's just it is incredible, you know, for how important Obi-Wan is to the story, how people just fell in love. I mean, Ewan McGregor is one of the best parts of the of the, of the the prequel trilogy. It's just – and how cool that he's given this this opportunity to and, – and, and Hayden, too, to come back and really be embraced by this community. And, and I would say get – can you imagine? I just – like – if this came out a little closer, if they if, if George was like, you know what, we're gonna do an Obi Wan series, I think, you know, some time had to pass where people really kind of took a breath and said, you know what, those were great stories and, and, and Hayden and Ewan did everything they could. I think it took some time for people to realize that and now I feel like especially with all this press they're doing and stuff, I'm sure they feel like they can kind of breathe a little bit. And I think Deborah Chow probably gave him a little bit of flexibility, say, Hey, make this character your own. Like we never we never saw uh, Alec Guinness conversing with anyone else really besides Luke. That's the only time, like when he kind of, you know, kind of came came down talking about the Clone Wars and stuff. Like that was a nice moment, but we don't see him really interact with anyone else. Ewan's going to tap into that because we know Luke. We know they're not telling us, but we know Qui Gon's returning. I don't care how many times Liam Neeson says <laughs> if he comes back to Star Wars, it's only going to be a film. It's a smoke shield, folks. He's throwing smoke. He's he's trying to throw you off here because it's too. I mean, pay him anything he wants. This is going to be one of the best moments in Star Wars when you see two friends having such a different understanding of the Force at this time since they last saw each other, especially Qui-Gon. And how receptive is Obi-Wan going to be to that? We know reading you know, the Kevin Scott story and uh, from the Certain Point of View uh, anthology stories and, and some of the comics and stuff that you know, it's not like after after you know, episode three, like Obi Wan is just like enlightened by all of this knowledge of of the galaxy, and and I mean, you can see it by his interactions with Luke that maybe he doesn't fully understand what needs to happen to bring down this evil empire. Him and Yoda are kind of misguided and thinking we gotta kill him. It's like, well, no, man. There's love, family. Like that's what it's about. I can save him. Like there's still things he needs to learn. So we, we can't, you know, we can't be upset with Obi-Wan when he's still maybe making mistakes and stuff. It's like, got to remember where he is right now, but I'm so excited to see him and Qui-Gon have a moment. It's going to be something that we've never seen in star Wars. Never. It's going to be beautiful. I cannot wait. I'm going to be really disappointed. And you're going to have to put me Luke at a (laughs) hundred on the IBU scale. If it doesn't happen, I feel like that's a missed opportunity, but I feel like the groundwork's there. I'd worry, uh, yeah, I worry a little bit because I try not to go in it with too many more assumptions than the stuff that is already pretty concrete. Yeah, yeah. And the Qui-Gon one, I think it makes sense, but there's a part of me that wonders if we're going to get it. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, like, trying to set myself up to expect it. Um, what I do expect, though, and there's been hints to it with the way they some of the actors have been talking, that I think we will get an Anakin... Um, before Vader flashback. Yeah, dude. Which I think will be really special yeah. um, to see them interacting as, as Anakin before his fall. I, um, I, I think that will be really interesting and, and powerful to see. 
Um, and so I kind of have that as an expectation that's pretty well built up. So I might be a little disappointed if it doesn't, um, yeah. if we don't get something of that. But to me, the, yeah, the Qui-Gon one seems a little bit more uncertain You're than right. that. You're right. And if, it, if, if they do do something, it's, it's, it's probably going to be very brief. And I totally understand that because this is about Obi-Wan and Anakin, Darth Vader. This is their moment. And I really do hope that they do a lot. I didn't really want a ton of Vader in this. And now I'm like, you know what? After reading the comics and seeing these flashbacks that Vader has about, we get a lot of Padme, right? Like he's searching for answers and stuff like that. But with these trailers, I think at some point, uh, the third sister played by Moses Ingram, she says, uh, you can't run Obi-Wan. You can't escape him. Like, I, and I think it's I think it's the Grand Inquisitor even saying it in one of the trailers. It's just like uh, the, 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 about them searching for Obi Wan and kind of finishing this. Like Vader's going to be helping on finding him, and I hope we get some flashbacks of Vader, whether it's in his meditation chamber or whatever, giving Hayden Christensen a moment to really embrace this character and have some flashbacks. And like you said, Luke, show them in the prequel era, era like having having a moment, having really nice moments, or him burning on Mustafar and, and, and what happens immediately after that. We know a lot of what happens already just from the end of Revenge of the Sith and the Darth Vader comic, but I, I think they could... That's something I wasn't really expecting until we started reading those Darth Vader comments. I was like, man, that could make some epic, epic, epic television. Um, so I, yeah. You know, it all makes sense to include all these elements, but one thing that might be restraining it is just the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if anyone knows out there, if you've seen, I certainly haven't seen what the expected kind of runtime of the total series is yeah. because I, I think we do know it's six episodes and we're getting to the first week. So we're one third of the way done. Yeah. Presumably uh, um, week one. That's crazy. And um, so if you, th- if you think of like the Boba Fett and Mandalorian seasons and the episodes, a lot of them were, you know, like 40 minutes or less. Yeah. Um, and you got the occasional like one hour or 50 minute one that was a little longer. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if I don't expect each of these to be an hour. I don't think it's going to be a six hour series. So I would think under four. So maybe you're like 40, 45 minutes Damn. an episode. Yeah. So you think of like it's an under four hour movie essentially. You know, so how much can you get in there? Can, is there going to be time for every little element? And I think if it was a an eight episode series, a 10 episode series, you would probably yeah. get a lot more of these things that are kind of on the wish list. Yeah. But some of it just might be constrained by the, the time. You're absolutely right. I think if they're going to do something, then they can make it kind of quick. I, I can see them even kind of tying in how they presented Kylo Ren kind of having these moments, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe it's something kind of brief like that. Yeah. That could do a great job of tying in the sequel trilogy. You'd be like, you know what? That looks familiar. Okay. Now I understand why Kylo Ren was doing what he was doing. And uh, it's just, yeah, you're right. We may be setting expectations too high for something. If it's going to be four hours, Jesus. I mean, I'm not ready for it. I'm definitely not ready for it. But it's just, I, I, I those trailers were freaking fantastic. Um, now, the one thing, and Luke, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen an extended version of this one thing since. Have, have you seen the Owen and Obi-Wan confrontation, the extended version? 
I don't know that I've seen the extended one. Okay. I know the one in the trailer. So someone, some some news outlet, I don't know if it was in Australia or somebody, had uh, they were doing some press over there, and, and, and they were able to release an extended kind of version of that. But, Luke, you and I both, you know, was it that? Yeah, it was. So, you know, after the fire emojis and the hot dog emojis and the arousal and all that good stuff, we both had to kind of come down to reality and say, wait a second. There was, there was one thing that was kind of awkward here, and it was this Owen and Obi-Wan confrontation. And I texted you, Luke. I was like, that just kind of let me down a little bit. And then you were just like, dude, I felt the same way. And literally days after that conversation, I'm seeing memes of that scene everywhere. <laughs> Every freaking where. Just making fun of God knows what. And I'm like, oh, man, I hope. And I don't know if Star Wars got a hold of those memes. Like, okay, we can't have them making a joke of our show before it even airs. Let's let's show an extended version of that. And I'll tell you what, Luke. Uh, it was a little better. Okay. It was a little better. It, 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 the, yeah, to the, clarify, you know, the, the two of us both yeah. like the concept of Love the conversation. It. Love it. So the content of the conversation. I think both you and I were underwhelmed in uh, the delivery yeah. uh, of that particular line of, oh, just like he trained his father. It, yeah. it struck, I think, the two of us a little flat. Exactly. Um, but then, you know, we were talking a little further and we're like, ah, maybe that's kind of just Owen's character. He's pretty mild-mannered, moisture yeah. evaporator farmer guy. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. get too worked up maybe. but I, And that's exactly it. Like that's just it, – it's tough I think because we, we – we read the comic. We read the mainline comic where they have a an epic confrontation at uh, at Luke's at, 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 at Obi Wan's hut. Or and it's much more Obi's. much more boisterous in the comic. Much more boisterous, <laughs> and I think that's why it kind of felt like a little bit of a letdown. And I'll, I'll I'll send you the link to that because it definitely you know it, it shows that it's a bigger conversation. I think when you take the hype music out of it, <laughs> it definitely brings it down a little bit. But it was you know the kind of. Owen's arm was just kind of casually kind of up in the air, leaning on something and seemed well, kind of blase. I'm like, ah, do you want, I don't know if you have it pulled up because we were talking before we started oh, yeah. recording about the issue. Do you yeah. want to read a little bit of the dialogue from the, the comic book issue with the two of them? Cause it is fiery. It is so fiery. So <laughs> if you guys recall, Obi-Wan's in his hut. He's just, and this, you know, this has to be pretty close in time. Cause this is a, a you know, definitely not a, a Alec Guinness turning kind of Obi-Wan. It's more of a, a Ewan McGregor. He's sitting there having some snake stew <laughs> or snake soup. I can't remember what it was, but it was something epic like that. And um, and he hears a knock at his door. And the cool thing is, is that Obi-Wan has his lightsaber just kind of hanging out. And he goes to answer the door and he pulls the lightsaber using the force to him. It's freaking epic. And, um, and he says here, let's go... He has a fun, funny moment kind of complaining about the food at the Jedi Temple when he's eating the snake stew. It's pretty funny. Um, and at, the, at his door is Owen with a box of, like, electronics, and he just kind of throws it at him. He says, you can stay away from my family. And Obi-Wan's like, Owen, please come in. How do you like your snake? And Owen says, I'm not stupid, Kenobi. Just because I haven't flown across the galaxy like you have doesn't make me some sort of ignorant hick. It's just like, Jesus, this is not the Owen we saw in Tatooine in the trailer. I know what you've been doing. And he says, ever since you showed up, mine is the only house for kilometers that's never been attacked by sand people. That was never raided by Jabba's thugs. And now suddenly Jawas are even giving us parts for free. 
And Obi-Wan says, sounds to me like you've been rather blessed when the Force works in mysterious ways. Now it says, no, you do, you crazy Jedi. But it ends now. Here's where it really gets 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 really heated. (laughs) He says, I told you, I'm not going to let you warp the boy like you did his father. You brought him to, and then Obi-Wan says, you brought him to me to protect. That's still Owen right there. Oh, it's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah well, you're right. It is. He says, "You brought him here. You brought him to me. Uh, you brought him to me to protect, and that's what I'm doing, protecting him from you." And then Obi Wan says, "I'm not asking to train the boy. You've made yourself quite clear on that matter. But Luke has the potential to be something truly remarkable, just as his father was before he. And then Owen gives it to him before you got him killed." Haven't you murdered enough Skywalkers already, Kenobi? This one's only a boy, a foolhardy boy who's too much like his father as it is. We both know what happens if he ever leaves Tatooine. He won't be coming back, not alive at least. Obi-Wan says, I only ever wanted to help. And Owen says, and I believe I've made it clear that we don't want your help. Yes, I mean that 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 set of dialogue there. Like, I, you could throw all of that in, into this show, and I think it would be, work wonderfully. Now, I haven't seen the extended one that you're talking about, so I don't know if it gets a little closer to that. But that's yeah, that's a more fiery it is version of that. It, it absolutely is. It just and so now you can kind of see, guys, why we were just like, wait a second, does, yeah. does this conversation? Because this is canon, you know. And this- for reference, that's. Um, Issue 15 of the first mainline run that started in 2015, if you're Absolutely. seeking it out. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, this this comic issue seems like it happens post Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Because um, it seems like Obi-Wan. Well, I don't know. It could be pretty close. There's so? some pictures of Luke in the issue, and he looks kind Good of point. about the age of what we're seeing in Good the trailer. It, it lines up very well. It does. It does. So I, I think that would something like that would be really great. Um, and, and give those guys a, have a, to have a moment, I think would be, I, ho- I just hope it's a little more than what we saw. That's all. And, and you know what? Am I high on the bitterness scale right now? Maybe a little bit, but I'm sure I'll come down after seeing all the context of what's going on. It seems like they're just having a conversation at a market. They run into each other or something. Let's hope that, you know, it maybe can get a little a little more than what we're seeing. Yeah, and, and they're not going to necessarily give away all their best stuff in the trailers. Exactly. So that could be one of a couple different conversations between the two of them, I bet. so Exactly. So if you, if you haven't found that extended scene uh, before the series uh, sh- uh, airs and you want to see it, uh, definitely uh, just Google that and you'll definitely find it. Um, so it, anything else, Luke? We, we definitely see some – we see the Grand Inquisitor. We see the third sister. We see the fifth brother who we've seen in Rebels. We've seen him in comics. Uh, we all know a lot about the Grand Inquisitor. I think that's going to be – Oh man, his arrogance on screen is gonna be awesome, <laughs> and I just hope he has some really great jabs for Obi Wan because you guys know the Grand Inquisitor was a Jedi. Hell, he was a Jedi guard at the temple. Like, I, there's now, there's some history. Yeah, I'm trying to use the Grand Inquisitor as a door to get my wife to watch this show. Oh, she a big Rupert Friend fan because she loves Rupert Friend. Oh. You know, she doesn't watch a lot of Star Wars, but she loves Rupert Friend. She's got a big. Big crush on Rupert Friend from Homeland. Damn. So Rupert plays the Grand Inquisitor. Now, it doesn't help my case that he looks like he does in the show. 
because he doesn't look like himself at all with the makeup and the bald head. Uh, so that's 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 gonna hurt the cause. That's okay. She's like Luke. I'm not watching Homeland for the acting. Okay, <laughs> all right. Jeez, I I yeah. I think what a great opportunity. We talked about this several months ago. We knew there were going to be Inquisitors. It, it would make it such an intriguing story. And there's a lot of good history now with them. And some of them are relatable. You could bring in other, you know, Inquisitors from from Cal Kestis and, and that time period too. So is Cal Kestis going to show up? I have no freaking idea. It would be really epic if he did. Um, I forget the gentleman's name who plays Cal, but he's, a, he's an avid fan of Star Wars. And if you could get him in live action in some sort of manner, Hey, he'd be blown away. Maybe he is the guy who Obi-Wan has to help, and then they get the hell out of there. I, who knows? I don't know, but I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Luke, is there anything else about the trailer? I'm sure there's so much that we didn't even cover, but, I mean, anything else? That taps a lot of my trailer thoughts. I don't know if you do want to talk briefly about kind of what reveals or information you're most uh, anticipating from Celebration or anything like that. We, we could a little bit. Do you – do you so – you know, I don't want to get too sad because sadness doesn't make for a good podcast. You, you don't want to hear me cry. Recorded, <laughs> it, it, I'm an ugly crier. Um, the, it, it, it's you know, I, I don't know if, if, if celebration feels a little more subdued this year. I mean, uh, there's definitely some cool reveals and stuff, but there's you know, there's no big film being released soon or anything like that. And that, that was always some of the big big draw to Star Wars was the trailers and, and all that good stuff. But you still have really great discussions with like Ian McDermott. They're going to do a, I think they're calling it uh oh shit. What are they calling it? Um, something with the emperor. Uh, it, it's, it just sounds great. And he's such an entertainer and such a good storyteller. So you, those are some of the things that I enjoy most. It's like when we saw Mark Hamill and he had his Hamill himself panel and it was just him. He didn't talk anything about Star Wars. He's just, he just loves the people. He loves interacting with the people. And that's how Ian McDermott is. There's, they're also just great storytellers, and that makes it very fascinating. There, there are some big, bigger panels, but I don't they're, – they're not as descriptive as they usually are, I guess. Um, well, I hope there's something giving a little more insight into the, the making of The Bad Batch because, you know, I, I, I love watching the Disney Gallery stuff they put out about yeah. The Mandalorian and Boba Fett and everything. Yeah. And especially that season one of Mando, they went all out and that's a really long series. And I've watched it, I think a couple times. And back in the day when they used to do, um, even when they did the clone wars, they used to put little stuff out online about, you know, the making of the episode and they did the same thing with rebels. Yeah. Um, I don't have an extensive uh, Clone Wars Blu-ray collection, but I have all the Rebels seasons on Blu-ray, and they put all those little vignettes of the behind-the-scenes on there, too, so you can watch them as well. And I love those, so I hope we kind of get more about kind of the making of the Bad Batch. And just in general, I want to just get a more concrete idea of the schedule. Yeah. You know, when is the next season of Bad Batch going to be released? When is Andor coming out? When is Mando Season 3 It'd be, be nice to know just where those dates are falling because they've kept us in the dark. Um, and I think they're going to give us more information on the next feature film too. I don't know how I much they have, but they got to, I think they got to have something and they got to keep the feature film fire burning. I think I do too. And Luke, I think day one, I think Thursday at the uh, Lucasfilm Lucasfilm studio showcase, that's the first. So they're doing like a, a, uh, the big panel, one panel each day, a big panel, and that's there's a lottery for it and all that good stuff. Um, so they're kind of changing the way they're doing these panels. So you kind of got to you kind of got to bid for 
each one whatever you wanted um and which was similar to when we were in chicago a couple years ago but so that one it says uh, star wars celebration returns launching with a must-see showcase that will kick the weekend's festivities into hyperdrive uh lucasfilm's current crop of live action filmmakers will be joined by special guests to discuss the many star wars adventures coming soon including obi-wan and or and the mandalorian so you'll i think you're going to get some answers day one Probably an epic and/or trailer. I know they have wrapped filming of that, so that I, I cannot, I cannot wait to see. Because um, what we're learning, what the creatives are starting to talk about it now that they have a concrete story and it's it's pretty much I think wrapped. Um, they're saying you know we're going to lead you right up into casting andor and rogue one which is very exciting uh, yeah and unlike unlike kenobi being like a limited series kind of one time deal. Yeah. Um, they're talking multiple seasons for Andor. So yeah, that's that could be with us for a bit. So. so it'll be nice to get some answers out of the way, hopefully day one at around 11 a.m. Luke and I will be listening live. Uh, they should be live streaming all this stuff like they, you know, they have done the past couple of years now. Um, you know, there will be some perks going there. They'll probably show some footage for, for folks in the, in the, in the venue there. Uh, and I will bite my tongue and my lip and wait patiently for it to be released to the public. Um, but so day one, hopefully you'll get some answers there. The next one on Friday is a light and magic panel. Uh, and they're going to be, uh, be amongst the first in the world to get a sneak peek at recently announced Disney plus documentary series, light and magic. Join us for an illuminating discussion, uh, panel featuring Lawrence Kasdan and Ron Howard joined by VFX Titans, Dennis Murren, Phil Tippett, Joe Johnson, and Rose, uh, Doigon. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, so that'll be kind of interesting. I have no idea what that is. I actually wasn't even aware that Ron Howard uh, and Loris Kasdan were coming back to do anything for Lucasfilm. So that's exciting. I don't know. You know, <laughs> this is probably so unlikely, but that's the the team that brought you solo. So I don't think they're teaming up for a sequel or anything, but that'll probably get people buzzing for the next couple of days until they their hopes come crashing down. Well, <laughs> and I think they will because Kathleen Kennedy... I don't know if you saw this, Luke. We can probably talk about this on another episode, but release a statement kind of seeming to indicate maybe that they're done recasting old roles, which I hate yeah, that's... because I thought Alden, Alden, uh, Alden, Aaron, Aaron Reich. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he did a fantastic job. Yeah. I know. I know Solo is probably the least liked movie of the Disney era, least like kind of Star Wars, anything of the Disney era almost. And I, I love the thing. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy it. I think Alden did a fine job. I had no, no problem with his performance. I understand the the movie compared to what the budget overruns were. <laughs> didn't exactly rein in yeah. a lot of the money for Disney. And that's so disappointing because I was so, so excited to get Donald Glover into yeah. the star Wars world as well. Yeah. Um, Amelia Clark, Woody Harrelson. It was such a fantastic cast. Um, it's just the, the the starting filming most of the movie with <laughs> different set of directors and then having to redo the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And marketing push. It all was just kind of a mess. But I still think despite all that, I enjoy the product that eventually got out there. 100%. Um, but, I yeah, I don't have any expectations that something that wasn't as commercially successful as most of the other films is going to get <laughs> a yeah. quick follow-up. Um, but the re the recasting discussion, that's such a more complicated discussion. Yeah. And I think it, 
I think she wouldn't have said it if not for all this technology they've been utilizing now. 100%. The, the stuff they've been doing with Luke in The Mandalorian, um, I think, kind of gets them to work around that. But if you're going to have a prominent role for a younger version, like a really younger version, like Alden was technically playing a younger Han Solo, but he was still mostly playing like an adult yeah. Han Solo. But we're talking about if we see... Um, I don't, I'm not going to try to raise expectations or put this out there, but there's the slightest chance we see Leia and Kenobi, yeah. a young Leia. Yeah. We know we see a young Luke, but I don't think it'll be a big role. So it's not like, oh my God, the kid they got to play Luke was yeah. whatever. Yeah. I think we might just see him from afar. But in, in situations like that where a younger version of the character um, comes in as just some you know act, young actor, they, they get to do the role. I think some of these can work. Um, I, th- I know a lot of people would love a young, uh, a young uh, Ben Solo series, and I think recasting a young Ben would work really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it depends on the character. So to say, like, no recasting anymore. Yeah. I don't. I don't see that. Yeah. But when they can get away with it, doing the the de aging stuff they've been doing with Luke, I think will be their preferred method because it really hits home for people. Yeah, and it could be just the legacy characters, right? Like Han Solo, Luke, and Leia. That that could just be kind of like, we're not going to touch that anymore. But it kind of brings into question, like, I mean, they were pretty, you know, sold on a a Lando series, you know, after Donald Glover's performance. What happens to that? I mean, that's still technically one of those announced projects that we haven't heard much about. Yeah. I don't know. Is it canceled? Is it... Yeah. Where is it in the bin of possibilities? I, yeah. I don't know. You kind of hope we're going to get some answers. That could also come with D23 and the other Disney slates that they, they release stuff at. So we may not get all the answers, but there's some potential there to kind of hear from from uh, from those folks as, as to what's going on. But I'm excited. I think, obviously, Lawrence Kasdan has fantastic writing history with Star Wars. Um, and Ron Howard, I thought, did a great, fun, awesome film that had a great story. Uh, and solo, so let's let's see what happens. Obviously, he's got a lot of good directing experience as well. Um, Holly did come back for a second, but I think the babies continue to have a meltdown. So we're we're flying uh, solo, just you and I, Luke here. And, and then Saturday we have a Mando Plus series uh, or panel, I should say, um, and which uh, says in their first appearance of Star Wars Celebration since the premiere of The Mandalorian, join John Favreau and Dave Filoni with a special guest for a look back and a look ahead at what's to come. Now, those two together are fire. Uh, <laughs> when we went to the Mando panel, I didn't know what to expect with that panel. It was one of the the one, the one panel that we got uh, we were picked for for the lottery in, in Chicago in 2019. It was amazing. Those two were almost like long lost brothers that just yeah, came definitely. together and and love this product and and work really well together. It was it's just it's they're going to become those kind of legacy guys at these panels now that can just sit there and have a conversation. It doesn't even have to be about something they're making. They're just great storytellers. That's John Favreau is a fa- like he's the he's the guy you want to be your dad or grandpa who can just take the most mundane, boring story and leave you just so intrigued and wondering what happens next. He's just that kind of guy. So I'm looking forward to that. They have great banter back and forth, too. So that that should be pretty interesting. Uh, Luke, any expectations for anything, man, though? No, like you said, even if they don't break a lot of news in that, the, the two of them together are talking Star Wars, talking Mando, always great. 
Um, and yeah, I have such vivid memories of just watching <laughs> that uh, panel that you're talking about on YouTube. Yes. You know, I wasn't there in person, uh, but it was a fantastic experience just watching it. And they, they you know, didn't let us um, s- sad peons who weren't there <laughs> see the, I think the trailer that they showed, because yeah. I think they showed you or at least maybe not the same version. They showed the, the audience in attendance some extended footage, I think, from the show before yeah. it came out yeah. that none of us uh, watching the stream got to see. <laughs> it was it was insane. I think I'm getting chills now thinking about it. You can't see it because we haven't done the YouTube thing in a little bit, but I it was such a great panel. Like we just said, it, those guys have an awesome conversation, great storytellers. I was like, what a fun time. And then... I think they were about to wrap it up, and all of a sudden, Dave Filoni, if I recall, it's been several years now, was just like, "Oh wait, yeah, do you guys want to see a sneak like a like a, like some of the some of the we're like, um, that's an option." And then the lights went down. It was freaking amazing, and I left with my jaw on the floor. It was such a great panel, and then an epic trailer, and my jaw just hit the floor. I'm like, "What the hell? This is a new age of Star Wars," and it definitely, it definitely yeah. has has met expectations. It was. And, what I, a cool and I, I bet they'll make some vague statements about kind of where Mando 3's yes. season is heading. Yeah. I, I think most of us can kind of um, do that on our own, though, so I don't know that it will be that revealing. Yeah. But if they could just talk about maybe even how far along that process is. Like, I think they've shot at least some of it already. I don't know if they're done with kind of the principal shooting portion yeah. of it or not. Yeah. Um, maybe they'll drop hints at least to kind of how the, the filming went for season three. Yeah. And a little bit about the story, but I think most of us who, who are in your know, avid followers can kind of figure out where it's going, but a hundred percent. Well, and like you said, Luke, several months back when we were podcasting that these, these live action series are so tied in together. We saw that in the book of Boba Fett. We saw that uh, with Mandalorian and, and season two, like they could talk about Ahsoka. Right, heck, you know heck they're, they're going to show up. right now. Exactly, yeah. like you know they're going to tie that stuff in. They're going to talk about it. So that could be a really interesting conversation. I'm sure it will will not disappoint. Just like the last time those guys got together. But what a what a cool panel to be a part of. Props to those who who got picked for that one. Uh, and then Sunday we do have a Bad Batch season two right panel. On. It says strap in, kid. You're not going to want to miss this view. Join host David Collins, who's always a great host at Star Wars uh, Celebration, as he invites Star Wars Bad Batch executive producer and supervising director Brad Rurau, uh, executive producer and head writer Jen Corbet, story editor yada yada. Uh, D. Bradley Baker is going to be there, oh, which nice. is yeah. awesome because. How could you not have him there to talk the about it? <laughs> uh, so, and they'll have a Michelle Ong who played Omega, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, they're going to discuss the highlights from the season uh, as well as some exciting hints of what's to come in season two. So that'll be kind of cool. We'll definitely get a little teaser, if not uh, maybe an early release. Sometimes at these panels, you get to see the first episode, which is pretty epic. Um, so, Luke, those are the main big panels. And, guys, obviously, there's a ton of other panels. Like I said, there's the, the kind of afternoon with the Emperor. There's, there's, there's other conversations going on. There's so many author panels talking about the High Republic and, 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 and droid building. Uh, uh, and the appearances that, like, the Star Wars show people will do that aren't yes. panels but is, are going on and they put up on stream, yes. too. So. And that's there's, the thing. There's gonna be so much when you're when you're not in these panels. Everyone's disappointed. Just hang around the star. I, I, it may not be called the Star Wars show anymore. Uh, wherever the, their stage is gonna be, just hang out there because everyone's gonna show up. Now Mark Hamill won't, 
So thank God the year I'm not going, Mark Hamill's not going, because that would have been really sad. But everyone tends to show up there and hang out, and you're just literally right there kind of watching them interact with the hosts. It's so freaking fantastic. But I'll tell you this, Luke. There is a panel that I am really excited to see that, um, I don't know, a year ago, I probably wouldn't have cared about too much. Now, the name is intriguing itself, and you've heard this bad around. No one really kind of knows what to expect, but the Tales of the Jedi. Uh-huh. So prior to our Visions series, I probably have been like, eh, animated anthology shorts, okay, kind of cool. But Visions Vision set a very high bar. <laughs> I think Visions blew us all away, and it was unexpected. And so now I'm just even more excited um, because this seems like, I mean, you have Dave Filoni involved with this. It says um, that... Amy Radcliffe is going to host this panel and Dave Filoni is going to be there. So this is going to be some canon story. You don't bring David Filoni just to, 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 to do some anthologies that don't really matter in Star Wars. At least that's my opinion. But Luke, are you excited for some more animated anthologies? I can't even like uh, <laughs> think beyond that. I'm thinking of all the series that are coming out and I haven't heard that much about tales of the Jedi. I knew it was an animated project is what I'd heard. Yeah. And they confirmed it's definitely an, an anthology series in that style. That's or? all they're saying. That's all, that's all okay. anyone knows other than the, the yeah, logo so reveal. Yeah, that, that, that's it. That makes, that makes you wonder, you know, so far visions was sort of not quite Canon. Yeah. Yeah. So is this, well, like you said Dave Filoni involvement yeah. in a strong Canon connection. But maybe it's still playing in this realm of uh, quasi-canon or maybe on a different timeline. Well well in the future or well in the past, this thing might be part of the canon. Um, So, yeah, in terms of the anthology style, I think I I kind of like it remaining in that quasi-canon realm. But then maybe if an idea is so great, um, they take it and run with it and, and bring a, a longer story version of it into canon. Like, you know, we talked so much in visions about, um, is it the ninth Jedi or the nine? Yeah. yeah. What was the one episode called the nine something? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, how great a concept that was and how I think I said, I could see it being blown out into a larger story and you can just say, Oh, this takes place, you know, a couple centuries further down the timeline from the, in the one part of the timeline we know, which really is relatively quite small, when you go from like episode one all the way through the the sequel uh, trilogy, you know, I had like sixty years or something like that yeah. on, on the timeline. So you know, a minuscule amount of time in the grand scheme of things. Absolutely. So you can send a story much much further along. You know, a hundred years, two hundred years later, um, and it'd be a whole new world, basically. 100%. So that would be, that would excite me. So I hope these, they kind of use these as, as testing grounds almost. I agree. I think it could also be a cool opportunity to take some of that Legends material that everyone loves that, you know, it's kind of it's kind of gray areas to whether we consider it canon because they are kind of just tales, you know, of the old Republic, of the <laughs> days of the Sith. And, and it's kind of cool. Even in, like, Rebels, you would get – when they would talk about, you know, uh, the bounty hunters and the bounty hunter war with the old Sith Empire and stuff, like they 
had very quick kind of like summaries and some kind of really interesting animation style that kind of was distinct from the rebel show that you kind of knew it was kind of a story being told. I was like, I could see them doing something like that. Like, tease us maybe it's just epic tales of luke skywalker and his because that's kind of how i look at legends material with luke skywalker that they're almost just kind of like like those legend stories that ray heard like i thought he was a myth like something like that right is it believe did he really do that we don't know but now it's part of the star wars lore and it's these bits and pieces of stories that you loved we're now canonizing them in a sort of kind of well, mystical, mythic, kind of did it happen or not? It's up to you to decide. I think that could be a really cool opportunity. And I I think Luke, I think Dave Filoni could be the right man for the job. Uh, we just don't have a lot of information on it. But maybe I'm, yeah. maybe I'm throwing too much hype at it, and it's just kind of going to be something silly. Maybe it's, you know, those roly-poly Star Wars guys on the YouTube kids Star Wars channel. Who knows? Uh, I don't remember what they're called. What would really floor me, and this is probably less likely than a, a solo sequel or solo spinoff, is I I would just lose it uh, if they announced they were going to do an animated like film um, or short series yeah. adapting some of the uh, other Clone Wars era stories that we know are out there. Yeah. Uh, Dark Disciple, still one of my favorite Star Wars <laughs> yes. stories. If they ever came out and said we're going to make a fully animated version of Dark Disciple, yeah. I would lose it. Or even uh, the Son of Dathomir story, which Maul's story told in uh, yes, in uh, comic book form. Sort yeah. of the you know the last we see of Maul in the Clone Wars is him getting uh, you know put back in his place by Palpatine, and then we, we don't know what happens until he shows up in Rebels. Really, oh, yeah. Um, but no, if you if you read the Son of Dathomir comic, that's a a series of stories or a you know a story that would have been told in the Clone Wars episode if not for the way that the Clone Wars series got stopped and then later yeah. rebooted in the way that it was. So I would love if they went back and did those. Now, I'd be really shocked if that happens, but uh, that would be kind of top of my excitement in terms of an animation project. A hundred percent. It would make sense that you would give Dave Filoni that opportunity to do that. And I mean, hell, they did it with, you know, season seven of Clone Wars. No one thought that was coming back either. And they said, you know what? Let's wrap this thing up. Let's do it. And it was a huge success. So maybe they're a little more willing to kind of bring back some of these stories they thought we might walk past or just kind of walk from. But when you were talking about all the the Sons of Dathomir stuff, Luke, I was just thinking about the Night Sisters. And I was just like, damn it, bring the Night Sisters in. Let's (laughs) tell some more stories about Mother Townsend. Because I just, I'll never, one of the, there's some very memorable moments for me in Star Wars comics history, and that Sons of Son of Dathomir. I think it was probably the last issue of that one. It was a very small run uh, with Mother Townsend confronting uh, Palpatine, and it was Count Dooku too, right? Both of them were kind of taking her on. That it's was been a little while, moment. but it's at least one or both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an <laughs> epic moment where she was just there protecting her son who. He, you know, he really didn't even think that maybe she loved him. That it was just, it was such an awesome moment. <laughs> and I'm just like, boy, how epic was that to see that just kind of have its own moment, like you said, on on film in some manner would just be fantastic. But I, I don't want to build us up too much. I don't want to have all this hope that all these things are going to happen. But it, it is fun to speculate. That's 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 why celebrations exciting. That's why these panels are so exciting. You never know what's going to happen, but you definitely don't want to leave too disappointed. Like moderate yourself on that IBU schedule or on that, on that, on that <laughs> level. It could be around, I don't know, 
a, a 50 or something. Like you, you gotta, you gotta stay moderated. You gotta go on with a cool level head and, and, and walk out. And sometimes it'll just knock you off your feet. Like I said, with the Mandalorian panel, I was not expecting that. It was insane. So yeah. And this is just going to be on a scale d- different than what we we've seen more recently. Cause like when you think back to 2019, it was like, yeah, the huge conclusion of the the sequel trilogy coming yeah. up was kind of the main thing, and it was like, oh yeah, and Mandalorian's coming, yeah, as well. But we didn't know no. what what that was going to be. It was the only thing coming on Disney Plus that we knew about, and now there's so many, yeah. so many projects that have already been shot and are just waiting to release, or they're in filming now, or they're on the projected schedule, and then there's the rumored ones and. It's insane. I, I can't even imagine what we're going to learn. Oh, next I, week. yeah. It actually makes me feel a little better that I'm not going because some of these smaller panels, I just feel like I was missing out. Like, cause I'd want to go to one that was during the time of another. Like, I remember how now stressful that was, thinking that I'm missing out. It's just like, it's almost too much to consume. You just kind of have to pace yourself and find something you'll enjoy and be happy with it. But, Luke, is there something in particular that you were excited about for this week? No, I think I think we've touched on it all. Um, I mean, Ahsoka is one of my favorite characters at this point, and one of my favorite episodes of The Mandalorian. Or now, two of my favorite episodes of like The Mandalorian yeah. book, book of Boba Fett are when she she appears. Um, so I'm super excited, but uh, you know, trying to hold that back for now because it, that series is just going into production right now. Um, I think it was slated for a 2023 release sometime. Yeah. So I'll have enough to kind of satiate me for the next uh, year or so with everything else that I'm trying not to get too, um, you know, focused on that series because there's just so much more to come before then. And there's not, I don't think, going to be much released about that. Absolutely. But maybe just the smallest little snippets of like, oh, here's some photos from the shoot so yeah. far that don't don't show too much but get, get you a little bit. I'm sure they will. They always got little nuggets. It's always a good time. <sighs> one last big sigh for the airwaves when I don't go to celebration, but it's, it's unfortunate, but we're definitely going to uh, stay tuned to all the live streams and, and pretend like we're there and just not have all the anxiety and, and, and the, and, and the cost of flying out to Anaheim and, and staying in a hotel um, and probably being tempted then to go to Disneyland and buy a bunch of stuff I don't need and have to haul it back. The thought of that just stresses me out and I can't imagine taking uh, a child with us on that on that adventure. So next year it is. I want my daughter to be walking around the convention floor, just having her mind blown by all the cosplayers. That's that's just what I can't wait. Herself. Just as grow exactly. <laughs> like I cannot wait to just. I've had some really awesome moments moments on that convention floor. I, I was actually telling Holly and my mom about uh, a moment at celebration in Orlando in 2017 that just blew me away on the convention floor. There's a, a, a little Jedi Knight school, a little academy that, that the, the youths kind of running around the celebration could, <laughs> could join this academy and they're all up in their little robes on stage and they're doing lightsaber techniques with their master. And all of a sudden Darth Vader shows up and these kids jaws dropped. And this master was just like, we got to use the full, like he's, he's, 
they're all behind him. He's like, we got to use the force. And they were all force pushing Vader and he was getting knocked around. It was, and just seeing how pumped those kids were was so freaking exciting. I was getting chills watching it happen. I was just like, man, this is kind of defying their Star Wars future. It was such a cool moment. And I just, I can't wait for my daughter to have that and just get to witness it. It's going to, it's going to put a lot of different things in perspective, but it'll be definitely something unique and, and something we've never got to experience before. So I can't wait to experience that with her. And then hopefully every other year after that, um, as long as she's into Star Wars, if she's not, well, I don't know what to tell her. She's stuck with it, but, but yeah, guys, unfortunately Holly didn't get to, uh, get to join us again, but we'll, we'll, we'll pick her brain here in the future about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And we're definitely going to talk about it again, uh, for next week's episode, because I mean, like Luke said, a, a, th- a third of Obi-Wan Kenobi will be finished as of what Friday. <laughs> like it's incredible. It's incredible. So bring bring the bring the tissues, bring the bees. Um, it's going to be epic. So looking forward to that. And guys, thanks for welcoming us back. Uh, shout out to to Jory Brent and and Wade for for doing that little casual takeover. That was a whole lot of fun. Those guys got together and said, "Hey, are you guys ever going to podcast again? If you're not, just send the equipment our way and we'll take over." But they they did a fantastic job. And shout out to those guys. I love those guys. And shout out to you guys for sticking with us, especially our, our Patreon family sticking with us through all these times. Uh, you've definitely bought a lot of diapers. I will say that. That's definitely been something you've helped uh, contribute towards. So, But we appreciate you. We love you so much. Thanks for sticking around uh, and, and staying tuned for next episodes. Enjoy Obi-Wan Kenobi. Enjoy Celebration. Uh, you know, Let your boss stream it wherever you work or, or find a way to listen. It's going to be epic. So can't wait to talk to uh, you all again soon about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Love you all. Uh, and uh, may the Force be with you. Are you familiar with this term? I don't. I've never heard that one. I thought that was associated with people. (laughs) It means international bitterness units. It will tell you how bitter the beer is. Usually your IPAs are going to be higher in that number. You know, we should actually translate that unit of measurement into Star Wars fans. So how bitter they are. Yeah. Yeah, So like we'll gauge before Obi-Wan's release. What is the scale? What's the scale of that? What's the highest? How high does it go? We'll Uh, pretend it's 10. How high does it go? We'll pretend it's a 10. So maybe we'll give the, 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 how disappointed, how bitter will Star Wars fans be? I know I'll be in the high. A ten at least. Got a lot of IBUs. God, I'm so I mean, like a solid bad. IPA is going to have sixty IBUs. Jesus, so that's, you know, I would go higher than ten. Okay, so Just we'll do hundred. A hundred IBUs. I mean, I think that there are beers that are well. I'm down. Yeah, that there mean, are some because yeah. the higher you go up in alcohol, the more bitter they can be without being overly bitter too. Okay. So if you get like an imperial IPA, double IPA, they can be really high. Oh yeah, they can be really. Hey, here's one. It's the Arbor Steel City Sexy. from Arbor Ales. IBU 666. That's f- What? That's insane. That's insane. Oh, no. Smash my
can hear that. My headphones are she around my neck. Headphones off. She couldn't hear it. <laughs> no, I can hear it. I hear him. <laughs>